Well, Mr. Praveen Kumar, welcome to my podcast. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to do this, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir, for inviting me to your podcast. Been I know. Listening it's... to some of your podcasts. I've been hearing a lot about your podcast. So I'm glad to be here. Man, you know, thank you. I, I think we, we chat. So this feels a bit weird doing an official Praveen Kumar introduction. For but uh, <laughs> man, it's so uh, interesting because... Um, you know, we've been talking about various aspects of our working life and also life from so many years. And now we've been in touch with um, through comedy, but I think now it's beyond comedy. Our, uh, our conversations extend. But I remember when I started, this is the baby bed podcast, right? You kept kind of encouraging me saying, don't don't worry about what's going on around you. Just do it. Uh, that was in 2019. And then it led to sort of the Spotify life gone wrong thing. But um, I just enjoy talking to you a lot. And I figured your stories really, really cool to share with people for various reasons. Um, because from, um, you know, you, you talk about it in your shows from a small town to a bigger city and from also a small town to an educational um, sort of journey to Bitspilani. So we'll cover all of that. But just to start with, um, you're one guy who constantly is working on stand up. And um, through the lockdown, you kind of went down the virtual comedy path with online shows so how was um first of all how was the lockdown um was it a creative I mean, because you're someone who just keeps sort of trying different things so how was it from that point of view okay um lockdown was both good and bad for me mm. bad uh, in the sense uh, there were no live shows as you know there were live shows were not happening and uh, you know uh, 2019 was amazing for me in the sense uh, there were a lot of travel, a lot of places I went and performed mm. and, you know, and that was missing. Uh, I was not yeah. able to my neighbors also, also right? So mm. it was that bad in 2020. That is yeah. about bad. But good thing is, uh, two, three good things happened. One is uh, still we were able to do virtual shows, mm. right? Unlike other art, art forms where they were not even able to do uh, any online show. Then we were fortunate enough to do live shows and I was able to uh, do shows uh, for India as well as for uh, other countries sitting in my living room. Yeah, right? yeah, sort of like this podcast kind of thing where you could yeah. reach out to people sitting from, um, you know, without the logistical nightmare of traveling, uh, exactly. coordinating international shows. So you, yeah, but that that's, I think, one of the flips uh, which came with this lockdown is that people were like, okay, you know what, we'll compromise on quality of production, but we'll at least get to hear someone's um, perspective in a lockdown like this, you know? Exactly. Plus, uh, moreover, uh, if everybody is sitting, uh, sitting in the lockdown, they were also mm. bored. Correct. They also want some form of entertainment, but sitting at home only. Mm. So we were able to provide that entertainment sitting from home. So, so on, just on, the, on that point, uh, because I've done a couple of these open, uh, actually just one open mic early on in the lockdown, just to check out whether it's something I can even do. And immediately I realized, no way, <laughs> I can't do this when three people are on mute. <laughs> but of course, yeah. I did the corporate shows online, which would uh, help a little bit with the, with the revenue. Correct. But um, I want to ask you two things on that. One is, did you enjoy it? And secondly, did the people um enjoy it and um were they more forgiving because they knew that okay it's a virtual platform kind of thing okay uh i enjoyed because uh, i was able to do it at least right? you were doing it right? Uh, at yeah. least uh, you know instead of simply sitting at home and doing mm -hmm. nothing at yeah. least uh, i would say this came close to 60 percent of a live show experience oh that's that's pretty if, high yeah if they kept their uh, video on audio on. Mm, that is right. a big thing big task uh, for the host before he comes on the mic, he has to, uh, after he comes on the mic, he has to say 
please switch on the video please switch on the mic so at least mm. we can create a little bit of that kind of an experience live show experience even though if we cannot do 100% we'll try to do at least 50 60% of the live show experience one, but yeah. only if you can switch it on or off but right. uh, luckily for me uh, people are able to cast it on the tv so entire mm. family will sit watch in a huge tv with with entire family that's a good thing for me right, right. and uh, and the ticket price also are aff- affordable like i i i priced uh full family uh, equivalent to a live show single ticket okay so, okay so it's uh, but you can't really control rupees. that right if some a person gets access then they can call whoever they want <laughs> correct they can call yeah. and uh, some of them had a huge party some one window there were about 25 people sitting in a house they were having a get together oh and they okay. were watching my show so mm. it, it i i got 25 times lesser money But yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you can't really, good. yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't really be uh, too um, sort of strict on that front, right? Correct. We can, we don't have control over it. So mm. we can, we can just say, but it's okay for me that twenty-five people enjoyed. That's yeah, more important yeah. for me than not paying. And uh, at least I was able to do that. And uh, if they keep their video on or audio on, I think yeah. that helps the performer. So we have to educate them because it's not their fault. Because from morning till evening, they'll be in the audio uh, office call. And, and they have the constantly be, can you mute yourself can you mute uh, yourself <laughs> yeah yeah so we are here we are asking them to unmute them so yeah, it, yeah. it's not their fault we, we just have to educate them and tell them why we are doing it and yeah. then so them will switch it on so that way the performance uh, the feeling was good and other yeah. thing what oh, what is good about the lockdown was uh, i was able to do slightly something more than stand up comedy like I started doing podcast. <coughs> Sorry, I started doing podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you sent me that uh, idea and the plan yeah. you have. Yeah, that is one I which I'm yet to release. And I started yeah. writing a book, which oh. I never thought I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I it's started, one of those things you don't started. sort of consider when you're doing. And I think that's one thing I want to talk about. Right? Is mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of what you're saying kind of st- st- strikes chord with me? Is because mm-hmm. I. didn't do as many live shows when it comes to um, ticketed uh, online shows you know um, it was more of the corporate talks etc but it sort of pushed me into thinking differently when it comes to expressing myself so fortunately mm-hmm. uh, as you know like life gone wrong the podcast happened in 2020 um, because 2019 unlike you for me it was uh, kind of a uh, between um things so i had left the radio show and i hadn't really have any sort of stand up gigs coming my way i wasn't really sort of uh, touring or doing any shows traveling but then i did the recorded special in early 2020 and then this lockdown happened then i was like forced to kind of say oh what am i supposed to do with myself now um and then as a result life gone wrong then this year the sopira show kind of thing so um when i think of conventional stand up just before the lockdown that's 2020 feb I I sometimes freak out I'm like oh my god am I not working on my material am I not working on my comedic skills but at the same time I don't know if you felt this where I was because I was forced to think differently and uh, have this sense of uncertainty looming um you know uh, it, it kind of looming over your situation I'm not I'm not afraid of what uh, I let go at the end of 2020 uh, sorry at the beginning of 2020 you know what i mean like that way of how things were done typically where you would do open mics regular bar shows pub shows travel so when i think of it in that framework i freak out but i i don't anymore <laughs> does that make any sense yes yes see uh, uh first goal of 2020 was to survive yeah right and then yeah. do these kind of a show so yeah Correct. what you said make total sense yes 
I mean, you're not gripping onto that because I think we got so caught up after doing it. I think you and I kind of started out at the same time. 2009 is when we technically, I mean, I think you did something in college, but we got on stage at the same time through the amateur nights and the open mics. And it's sort of been similar yet different trajectories in the comedy sort of space, right? Because I think I want, I want you to take people through that. Um, you were doing stand-up for almost uh, seven, eight years before you took that leap of faith into doing purely Tamil. And I mean, of course, English as well. So how was, uh, let's go back there and, you know, yeah. I think before I met you in 2009, um, how was your uh, sort of experience growing up in the town of Kanchipuram, right? Which is a small, for people who don't know, which is a relatively small yet um, well-populated town. Like every town in India is well-populated. Right? <laughs> about that. But um, how was that grow, growing up for you with that environment? Like was it, um, yeah, maybe you can just talk us through that. Yeah, see, growing up in Kanchipuram was so much fun because mm. we didn't have a scale of comparing, right? Right. We right. didn't know how the kids in big cities were. Right. All we knew was uh, we we had uh, different schools in Kanchipuram. We compare ourselves with the different school students of Kanchipuram. So we had a lot of fun. There were inter-school competitions, typical right. like uh, whatever happens in a city, but in a smaller scale. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that uh, of course, you're comparing with this knowledge, right? Back then, you didn't have a frame of reference. Yeah, back then I didn't know that city life will be different. <clears throat> right. Because I, I, I don't usually travel to city. We were like happily settled in Kanchipuram and uh, we were having a nice time with whatever we could. There was a small playground we used to play and all that. Only thing is I was uh, more of a, I would say, studious person. Right. right. <laughs> I right. was uh, first rank holder for the majority of my school years. Yeah. And if I get a second rank, my father will scold me saying, if you're not able to get first rank in a small town, how will you go survive in a big city? Whoa, I mean, man. Uh, so I'm glad is, your dad wasn't my dad. I would have just given up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So something big is happening in a big city. That's the only frame of reference I had right. growing up. That your, right. your, your, your town wasn't the biggest thing on the map. That you Correct. are uh, exactly. living in a place which isn't the primary focus uh, when it comes to... Um, I mean, when it comes to a big city, pe people think that that's the best place for the best jobs, for the best kind of homes kind of thing, right? Correct. Exactly. Right. And uh, after, I mean, till 10th standard, I was doing my schooling in Kanchipuram and we had a lot of fun. But only problem was, uh, only problem which I would say is uh, communication right. in English. English okay. was a drawback. Uh, yeah, I usually tell in my corporates so or saying that Anshipuram, nobody speaks English, including my English teachers in school, which yeah. is a true thing. <laughs> it's actually true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and that's, that's why it's even more funny. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So English teachers were so well versed in Tamil. So, right. Yeah. So no, you'd be surprised though. That was the case even in a lot of colleges. Like I went from a pretty well-established English school. Uh, I mean, till the 12th, I was in English schools throughout, right? It was like a, a co-ed and English-speaking, uh, predominantly English-speaking uh, students as well. And for me, that was a, a complete opposite of you, right? Like I was, I, I had to sort of, I learned how to think in English, whereas for your case, you to think in Tamil, right? And the interesting thing is when I did finish and for a year or two before leaving abroad uh, for a university abroad, I went to this smaller, I mean, it's a big college, but it wasn't what I was used to growing up. And there the English was really, really badly taught, especially the English uh, language when we had to take that as, a, as a, one of the classes was so badly taught. And in fact, the strange thing is we had one of the lessons we had in my 10th, which was retaught to us in the first year of degree. 
and it was completely differently taught like that message was that like technology can be bad if it's not controlled is what the message was in 10th standard this lady said see how amazing this equipment is <laughs> oh you know what i mean so it's such a yeah, interesting yeah, yeah, even yeah, in a yeah. city you have yeah. such um, possibilities you know yeah but uh, uh, i i was thinking that was a bad thing but then slowly i realized that okay english is just a language yeah. that's for communication even yeah. if you are not good at english it's okay it's okay is to what is that what you told yourself or what was told to you uh, no i learned it over a period of time that time right. i felt bad because okay. after 10th i moved to chennai for my 11th and 12th okay, okay for okay. my dad put me on to the school uh, for getting better marks for getting into the better college later on yeah so yeah. he realized staying in kanchipuram that time won't get me into a college which is also not great in 11th and 12th in kanchipuram also would have made sense but yeah. then i had to play along and i moved to chennai for 11th and 12th okay. and that's when when i there was a little bit of gap in communication okay. in people okay. are talking in good english i was hesitating to talk so i prefer yeah. to keep quiet right so right. to for some time i i prefer to keep quiet and then slowly opened up mm. but that gap was there and then that that time i felt bad like saying okay right. uh, I, i i should have learned better english in school uh, because mm. they were talking in good english and i was like yes no maybe yes no mm. so these are the words i was using uh, but did normally. that did, did, did that make you despise these people or did you uh, sort of be encouraged to learn it like because i, I the reason i ask is there's this sense now and i'm sure you know of it with uh, the space we're in where there's such a divide right where people are like uh, defining themselves by uh, in 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 the space of comedy by the language they speak right they're like a hindi comedian tamil comedian kannada comedian which of course you know i understand in a country as diverse as india it's doable but um, maybe to jump the gun a little bit uh, so do, from you know doing predominantly english um, material in english to now predominantly material in tamil um, what is your sense of where things are like comfort level number one second is audience the reception you get the mm-hmm. kind of material that you're able to put out um just to get a sense of this because i don't do even though i speak kannada my entire sort of comedy is in english um do you feel there's um i don't know what the question specifically could be is it like does it open up more opportunities when it comes to uh, a career but also does it make you more confident as a performer okay uh, i was doing english stand up for what to from 2009 to 2016 17 yeah. so probably yeah. years i was doing english stand up and uh, my english got little bit better uh, mm. after my college in bits and after the came after i came to bangalore to do my mba yeah. i had to talk to non tamilians so that was yeah. the first step of learning because in tamil with tamilians you talk in tamil and there's no scope of improving your language yeah. but once i started talking to non tamilians in my mba college that's when i started having an affinity towards talking in english ah, and okay. i once i kept talking i i you know that english slightly slightly started improving and after right. my after 2009 after i started talking to you we speak almost every day yeah you and me so yeah. that definitely helped me in uh, you know putting my thoughts into words mm. so that really helps so that's that way i didn't feel it very difficult to do perform in english uh, okay. for 8 okay. years but 2017 feb i think uh, in your house only the conversation happened 2017 feb in your house yeah. we were talking about uh, performing in tamil yeah 
because biswa also was telling you were also telling me that yeah. why don't you uh, perform in a language which you are more comfortable with rather which than i think you which i, I think the line i said is a language which you think in ah yeah, think correct exactly yeah. that rather than in a language which you think and then getting translated so yeah. that that was the turning point that uh, your housewarming party was a turning point Mm. and uh, i went home thought about it i mean i and meant it because less competition for me but you took it in the positive so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm like one less guy doing english comedy <laughs> but uh, no but i genuinely felt you know because did you ever feel um, i'll tell you where i'm coming from with this uh, before we speak about the tamil comedy um, see because how you mentioned that in your town um, there was not so much focus given to learning english and as a result you felt a little um uncertain of speaking the language when you moved to a bigger city like chennai correct, right correct. Uh, and this correct. Is, you'd be surprised and you said that when you started speaking to me you started feeling more comfortable in the fluency improved mm. but you'd be surprised right people think automatically because i'm uh, born and brought up in bangalore went to a speak school that teaches english and throughout that you know i'm completely um comfortable and confident which isn't the case because while for you it was the move to chennai for me it was the move to the uk so when i went oh. to university there i felt okay. so sort of uh insecure about my accent not about english so it's so strange right that when you go there people made fun of the fact that i couldn't say um like v like vegetables i would say indians have this habit of saying it with w right like vegetable vehicle so i would be mocked not all the time but i was so conscious of and uh, aware of the fact that i spoke differently so they would say oh vegetable ha 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 you know they would make fun of the indian accent Mm. and that would make me either you know more sort of hesitant to speak out in class in the lectures uh, or i would put on an accent <laughs> so it's so weird because i came back then and i do this as you've heard in my set that my parents sent me abroad thinking okay at least this blind kid if nothing else he'll come back with an accent so he can at least sound cool so that was not even a joke that was the case so i in fact would come and impress the girls or impress whoever with putting on a bit of an accent but the weirdest part is i went to wales and came back with an english accent which is so stupid <laughs> so oh. that's why i wanted to understand because it made um and through whatever direction and route we went we ended up in the same sort of space with work right and uh for you as you said when you started doing stand up talking to people and getting more confident uh, english became more and more natural and for right. me in fact that the hurdle was breaking past that accent because i uh, the moment i get on stage my thing was putting on a bit of a uh, kind of like i wouldn't call it an english accent but there was definitely not my natural voice coming out right the natural way i speak correct, so that correct. took so many years to overcome so it's mm. so strange that we have these very different yet <laughs> similar problems you know correct and uh, the, initially i uh, you you also know uh, initially i had problems uh, with this accent or addiction mm. or whatever yeah so, someone i think who don what told you right from the don what told me after yeah. i after my performance don what came and told me saying he didn't understand a word of what he said yeah what i said and then uh, he cannot promote me if i continue like this then i was i mean that's the same kind of people i had to impress <laughs> living in england <laughs> you know so it's yeah it's, it's again there's uh, a similarity there yeah and uh, i came back home and i was thinking on how to neutralize my accent on how to improve mm. the diction or whatever then ashwin matthew he uh, he like an angel came and told me saying uh, see you are talk thinking about that one person who didn't understand you didn't think about yeah. the 300 people who enjoyed correct ultimately correct. what is important to you not that one person who can promote you but 300 people who will definitely promote who have already so, come for your show yeah and who enjoy it yeah exactly so they that they, that is a testimony for your uh, yeah. you don't have to 
change for the audience or make yeah. audience like you for who you are absolutely accept, and accept you accept you are a tamilian accept you have a, you come from a small town accept that you have yeah. this accent accept that you have this diction I mean, make them love accent this. then you're just another call center guy who's training to be i mean you're not unique in who you are and i want to ask you did you ever feel people laughed at you uh, and not at your jokes no uh, okay. i don't know I'm probably during the corporate show above when people are at the bar drinking probably okay. but no, no, i don't think that if they did uh, or didn't but did you ever feel uh, self conscious about that like uh, oh, uh, because i mean i i felt um, this is from a different point again but similar things there's a more of a comedy kind of space is i was scared to talk about my uh, eyesight or lack of rather uh because i felt they laugh at me at my vulnerability and um the believability that uh, oh this guy is making fun of himself or is he you know what i mean that place you go down did you ever feel any of that in any um sort of aspect of yourself initially i was uh, for my uh, diction and vocabulary but then right. after the after some time after performing in tamil i realized okay english is just a language whatever mm. you want to communicate you can still communicate in whatever language you are comfortable with But and that's something that, i really sort yeah. of man is remarkable about you right your your spirit mm-hmm. to um and and that's sort of why i want to talk about your early years is um you come from a family that's you know sort of really educated well to do in the sense they you also travel your brothers abroad and also in some ways while they're sort of open minded in that way they're also conservative when it comes to what a person should do in their life right they should study well get a job yeah, start right. a family all those kind of conventional things but in in your own space with this what you just mentioned of sticking to your guns moving to a city and also saying you know what i'm not going to just become you know roll over and push over and become someone they just tell me to do but i'm going to stick to what i want with my own framework and that's something so remarkable because with every every decision you've taken from stand up to a uh, thing has been quite um unconventional so what is that sort of thing that pushes you to do these things um acceptance on the audience and uh, what mm. ashwin told me also so right. once i uh, realized after two three shows i realized okay audience like me for who i am first right. uh, after that every time i go on stage i i tell okay i am from a small town yeah. i am a tamilian this is how my accent will be yeah please put up with me right. so first of all they they appreciate the honesty yeah if you are honest to yourself you yeah. can be honest with the audience and the audience will like you so that is and that's mantra. amazing that you bring that up because i was uh, almost like we 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 were trying to win over the same audience right hmm. and i felt that you could easily do that uh, more times than me because i was trying to fight this uh, image and i'm the reason i'm harping so much on this point is because people think that um, and especially people from small towns because there's a big move right from small towns to big cities now yeah. that people in big cities have this sense of arrogance because they speak the language better and in fact that's not the case uh people always kind of think people from smaller towns are more um uh disadvantaged in the big city but that's not the case because you you are an example of this that you're not willing uh, to let down uh, sorry step back and just say you know what i'll i'll take anything that's thrown at me you're in fact willing to stand by who you are and in many cases for me i was trying to fight this identity crisis right of what am i am i an indian am i a british indian am i this guy with an english accent so so many things and you were a reminder a lot of times that you can be yourself so that's sorry sorry but the roundabout way to get into the point but that's yeah, yeah, uh, what sense. i found remarkable you know 
thank you sir so basically that's what so you have to be honest to yourself i i i i had the thought of neutralizing max and joining a call center training whatever the thought, yeah. so many thoughts came into my mind and uh, that's when luckily ashwin matthew told me and then i realized and after a couple of shows i realized okay this is how it works yeah. you be yourself on stage so that was a turning point after that uh, you know i understood how the whole thing works and i be myself on stage so the kind of jokes i wrote became better the kind of yeah. connect i got with the audience became better probably that is one of the reason why i can i was able to shift to speaking tamil tamil comedy more swiftly than i thought you know because you've done something much harder it, yeah yeah exactly and i thought it will be a huge process of you no know, shifting from english to tamil it was hey, not was, yeah. was that unlearning um, a big part of it um, the reason i'm interjecting with that point is because um, you said that transition was easier so did yeah. you feel um there was a lot of uh, things you have to undo uh no not much okay. Uh, okay. probably except for the language nothing else okay. because uh, stand up work the same way the whatever we learned in english we can use the same for tamil mm. only thing is the there is uh, only thing which i was worried about is my non tamil regular followers who used to come to my shows okay and i was you know not giving them anything that was mm. my negative thing about shifting from english to tamil and there were a lot of messages saying uh, see we usually come to your shows but you moved to tamil uh, we are not able to understand i'm like i'm yeah. sorry this is a concession i have to take but uh, i will be releasing the same in uh, an online platform with english subtitle that's the only way i can uh, satisfy you guys but mm. i am thinking about the long run see i i know i might lose 10 followers but in turn i'll be getting 100 followers new and so, has it happened uh, did you um, i mean because of course it's been what 3 years now 4 years since yeah. you've been doing tamil um, yes no. so and the reason um, i told you to do tamil because it's more natural for you there's what in my head that was my logic uh, for Correct. recommending that option to you and also uh, the fact that now with um, this particular trend i'm observing right where indians living so the idea of speaking english is of course for me now it's there's no other language um i can think in i mean of course i can pick up different languages but the idea for me to do comedy in english is to reach out to the world and through youtube or platforms also uh people from different parts of the world appreciating my perspective and my comedy uh, and observations or whatever right mm-hmm. that's the idea in my head the power of the internet but what i'm noticing in the flip side is also a people kind of flocking to what they are comfortable with by what i mean by that is tamilians in say australia mm-hmm. catching catching content which reminds them of home which is say Correct. your tamil jokes or your tamil material so that is another phenomenon which is sort of developed with the internet is people are more comfortable sort of flocking to content that reminds them of home and as a result you get to perform to tamilians in california in texas or wherever it may be right so um So, so as a result you might lose those 10 english speaking people who don't follow tamil but you are now able to connect with more tamilians across the world as well which is exactly. crazy exactly so whatever we wanted to do through english comedy i am doing it with tamil comedy traveling mm-hmm. across the world but still catering with tamilians so right. idea is to uh, be comfortable on stage be yourself on stage and audience also should like you so that is the balance which you have to strike and mm. I, i i understood that uh, if i speak in tamil audience like me especially yeah. see when i started performing in tamil a huge market opened up mm. in the sense uh, i could perform in a small town right? right i can go and perform in a trichy in a, you know and uh, in people started bringing their parents who don't understand mm. english 
Because yeah, it, you went down that family route pretty quickly, right? In Tamil. Correct. Correct. And I was doing it for English. Slowly moved on to Tamil also with that. Okay. But only thing is, uh, pay, uh, people who are regular uh, watchers, regular attenders of stand-up, regular audience for stand-up live shows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were watching it with, uh, on their own for uh, English stand-up. But okay. if I once I start performing in Tamil, they start bringing their parents. Right. Right, because they don't understand English, they were not bringing them to English shows. They were understanding Tamil, so brought them to my show. So in that right. sense, the audience started getting wider. And the kids, right? I think you encourage yeah, kids, kids at the show yeah, as well. Definitely, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Kids. I don't know there. how you do that, man. It's it's for me like whoa. <laughs> okay, it's like I mean, it's crazy that you have now from two people who were your fans or coming for a show, husband, wife, say for example. Now it's six people, right? Because it's husband, wife, parents, and their kids. So it's like automatically you've got more ticket sales. <laughs> That's quite Actually, crazy. If you if you like my kids, the entire family will come. So because I mm. used to watch Toy Story, Kung Fu Panda in theater. Right. Because my daughter liked. So ah, that's so you say parents just sort of by default. Okay, the kids will be happy. We'll be happy. And we cannot mm. send them alone. Right. So. <laughs> that's a very smart. I I don't know if you thought about it as a marketing strategy, but it's, it's no. pretty damn smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smart move, but I didn't think of that. But yeah. that's how it is happening. Like because uh, I I've heard a lot of people, lot of mothers messaging mm. me saying. Uh, me and my oh, son you, are Prabhi. very big. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're one of those comedians for the mothers, is it? <laughs> mothers messaging me and my son, me and my daughter are big fans. My eight-year-old, nice. my ten-year-old nice. son. You know that way that is really overwhelming. And uh, yeah. I get messages saying my grandfather hasn't laughed for so many days, but after seeing your uh, show, he laughed. So those kind of yeah. overwhelming messages. Like uh, reinstate the fact that I took the right decision of moving. And you're family. also, I mean, your show, your show was supposed to be called Family Man because um, that was the plan. But do you, um, I mean, do you sense your material? Because I mean, you've always been a person talking about family, right? Because you, through your stand-up uh, early days and till date, you've always had a wife and a child as a part of your uh, source of material. <laughs> but um, do you notice more and more now? Because as these kids who come for your shows grow older, they will also still. Um, appreciate comedy right so do you kind of think about this space where you're like okay now how, what's the material i want to put out do i want to appease these uh, families as a unit do i want to sort of make these cultivate these youngsters as fans for the future so what is your thought process when you're putting out material okay uh, when, uh, my thought process will be to do what i like to do in the sense talk about family but mm-hmm. in everybody's point of view probably uh, in due course of time i can talk about my family from my daughter's point of view once okay. she is growing up so mm-hmm. this is how she is thinking this is how i am dealing with her in a funny right. way so mm-hmm. my daughter will be at the same age of my other uh, young uh, followers probably right. they will become a teen if mm-hmm. i talk about uh, the problem which i am having with my daughter as a teen they will yeah. be able to relate to it yeah so basically uh, a family with a husband wife and a kid will yeah. be able to relate to it because my daughter is also growing up so every time she grows up i have some problem once right. i talk about that problem they should be able to relate to it a father right. or mother should be able to relate as a parent and a kid should be able to relate as a kid child as well right basically that is how uh, i am planning i am planning to do only family family related stuff because the mm. next uh, special which i am working on is about uh, uh, moving from bangalore to chennai and uh, right, you know, that's the family. most recent development in your life, right? right. Correct. 
so that uh, that mm. that can be a full topic to talk about it by itself right right now i want to understand so, man this thing is very important um, that you mention that this perspective right it's so important right that uh, keeps the fans connected with what your material is about because you talk about being uh, you know point of view from a husband point of view from a dad but i want to understand something which i i don't know um, if i'm missing out on or missing the point on is, is there a big disconnect between uh, people like say indians who grew up um in two things one is in a small city versus a big city second is um because of this i mean there's someone who told me the other day right sandeep you speak english and you're trying to do podcast for english speaking indians more importantly english thinking indians but you got to remember those are indians that's 0.1% of the country and now they call them indians and bharat have you heard this reference sometimes is it? No, so I yeah no. so india no. indians is like people like me so called privileged mm-hmm. or whatever nonsense right mm-hmm. uh, english speaking english thinking people but the majority of the investment is going after so everyone from a Netflix, Amazon, Spotify, two massive venture capitalists are going after Bharat. Bharat is, of course, and I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. It's Bharat, oh, right? Oh, Th- that is the vernacular. That is the uh, non-English speaking. So, do you? Okay. I mean, you're, of course, you're 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 in a position to answer this. So, do you sense this divide when you look at someone like me, or uh, like even for instance, like San- our friend Sanjay, who started comedy with us, um, was an NRI, right? And even they are sort of now coming. to india like i mean not they as in like a, like an alien invasion but what i mean is there's this sense now india being so uh, much of uh, filled with op- filled with so much opportunity so i was going to get your thoughts on that i mean i don't have a question per se and my my questions tend to be 30 pages long but what i mean is do you sense this divide in india with um, city people english speaking this this entire sort of thing happening right now see i uh, i cannot tell overall but i can tell from a stand up comedy perspective yeah since i think everybody has their own ad- audience it right. depends on how we tap them so you have amazing audience okay even if it is 1% of uh, india let's say that i don't huge think it's point, point, point 0.01% of bangalore <laughs> point no no i'm saying the potential audience yeah so yeah potential yeah, yeah. audience if it is even if it is 1% of india that's a huge number yeah like yeah. it depends on us how to tap them see sanjay has his own followers yeah. sanjay the kind of topics he chose to talk from yeah. an enterprise point of view so he and was he made himself into a bigger into a much smaller niche with a tech techy uh, kind of thing corporate right yeah. kind, corporate to software guys so yeah. it depends on what uh, who we are targeting see my target will be even there are tons of tamilians who don't like me the right. younger audience who expect something different i don't i cannot give them see i can give mm-hmm. them only this family stories and uh, other related stuff which yeah family people can understand like li- little older audience will understand so i'm yeah. happy with that niche audience mm-hmm. so everybody has got their own audience it depends on how we tap them how we look at them so i don't see any divide mm-hmm. i the only divide is the language because you right. speak in english uh, you your comedy is in english my comedy is in tamil that's the only difference otherwise we are doing mm-hmm. comedy comedy as an art we love comedy we love performing in front we of love audience laughter. yeah yeah we love laughter you like to write and perform i like to write and perform you perform for a different audience i perform yeah. for a different audience both of us are happy earlier no, i, really I like used to write with sanjay yeah uh, we both used to sit and write 2010 11 times when we were yeah. doing uh, backus yeah. we used to meet at uh, talp kormangla uh, yeah. we used to sit and write we exchange ideas slowly we yeah. realized okay, his style is different my style is different his audience is different my art is different there's no yeah. point in me giving him suggestion which he can work and no point yeah. in him giving me that so we realized that we stopped writing together 
but still yeah. we helped each other for different different things and i think that's and universal in comedy right like even though you don't get the language sometimes when you hear a certain thing i think it's a comedic beat or a comedic sense for something even though you might not get the joke in its entirety because of a language barrier i can give you a tip saying do do this arrangement if it's better you know or something which is more universal to comedy and not specific to a language which yeah. we can help each other out with you know exactly there's yeah. so many things around uh, comedy so yeah, sanjay was helping me with a lot of stuff i am yeah. ever grateful for that but so many things around come not only giving you a joke but yeah. helping you uh, record something which you wanted to edit it and mm. post it on your behalf that's a huge or small thing. tips like how to improve your um, modulation or how to improve your exactly. uh, presentation on stage i mean how to stand there's so many things and but i'm saying on a fundamental level like i get a little cheesed off now when people sort of try to separate right saying oh hindi comedian english i'm like dude the idea is comedy right now we're using exactly. a certain language because it's better for us when it comes to expressing the joke but um, okay. these platforms also are trying to create this divide i say i sense with this thing where they're trying to pitch uh, people against each other like and i and i heard some shocking stuff like which is so ridiculous that uh, in bangalore apparently a few maybe a year back that it's a it's a kannada open mic okay. and they don't allow non kannada kannada speakers and in that open mic i'm like what are you doing man because the idea of a city progressing and becoming more inclusive and becoming more rich in its culture is to encourage everyone to sort of share their ideas right So if you make this more isolated saying or if you don't speak Kannada then this is only for Kannada speaking comedians I'm like you're making it I understand that people will appreciate it and this but isn't comedy for everyone and uh, to get, get the sort of the the more the make the market bigger for everyone Correct exactly see even yeah. Chennai open mic some couple of uh, north indian comics came and performed in hindi Yeah <laughs> people yeah. understand hindi and uh, not many but at least one or two people understood and they got a good response so yeah. basically there should if it is an open mic it has to be completely open yeah <laughs> that's yeah completely open right you should yeah. also be open to understand or, uh, the comics perspective from a different language like I, if i go and perform in tamil in bangalore i should know that there if there is no audience there's no point in performing but yeah the, this guy shouldn't tell me the organization yeah, shouldn't I mean, tell me not to do it i mean i've heard this uh, and you i'm sure you've heard this people are like why are you podcast like my friends like dude you must do convert like convert your material like do your entire thing in kannada i'm like dude the point is i don't speak it well enough to mm-hmm. be compelling on stage right i mean i can communicate in kannada but i don't think in the language so like how you said your jokes translate very easily from english to tamil or tamil uh-huh. to english i i can't i because i don't think in kannada right the second point is um this is something i do naturally i like podcasting in this language i like speaking in this language i like communicating in this language and for me the idea is that someone sitting could be anywhere and this is not um saying that indian uh, following or indian fans are not good but it's my my thought process that in addition to having people from india like my comedy that could be indians in india or indians abroad i would also like you know for instance say whether it's this podcast or a stand up piece someone sitting say you know for in, in egypt and mm. they come up come across my material or my podcast and they're like man you know what the beauty of globalization is to get everyone in this big wide world mm. to share their stories and someone um maybe say uh, who's a city born city bred uh, person in cairo says mm. hey but this point this guy has about say shopping on amazon i like <laughs> his take on it and that's the idea of the exactly. internet right that i can sit and listen to someone say in um um say in singapore talking about uh, taxi drivers and i'm like you know what even though i've never been in a taxi in singapore i find that really funny 
All like, mm. for instance, why do you and I like watching Dave Chappelle, right? He, you're not black, I'm not black. We've never grown up in a, the city that he refers to. But why is he so right. funny? Is because he's bringing his stories, the stories of his uh, experience through his way of telling stories. And I mean, dude, like the bit we've laughed at, there's no reason for us to laugh at, but it's that's the idea of a comedian, right? You make people laugh who aren't typically who uh, like you. Correct, exactly. Yeah. See, ultimately, we have to be comfortable on stage and audience also should be comfortable listening to us from that point. So basically, yeah. if you are comfortable with English, you should do English. If yeah. I'm comfortable with Tamil, I should do Tamil. See, you, you, your target audience are huge, like in mm. the worldwide. My target yeah. audience are also older, but uh, speaking one particular language. Yeah. But still, ultimately, we, both of us are working the same thing and working towards reaching most of them towards yeah. our standard. No, which I think is beautiful. That's why I wanted your p- point of view on it. Do not separate uh, and, and say that. And, and this is a trend now. And as you said, right, that everyone was doing it. So you feel pressured to do it. Like I, and you and I know people, right, who've learned a language because it's the hot thing right now to do comedy in that language. But I think what you what you are saying, I think is important for people listening to sort of take note of is stick to what you're good at. I mean, stick to what you want to do and sort of is uh, natural to you and build on that. Because while it might not seem uh, profitable or might not seem successful or anything in the short run, as you do it for longer and sort of don't lose focus of why you're doing it, you kind of build a much more, um, I would say in, in, in the case of fans, a much more um, set of loyal fans who are with you for the long haul and not someone who keeps skipping from today's trending comedian to the next trending comedian, you know? Yes, exactly. Ultimately, uh, according to me, a stage persona is something which uh, you, are com- you, should com- you should be comfortable on stage. An mm. audience also should be comfortable watching you on stage delivering yeah. jokes. So yeah. both of them should match. Right. Whatever it can be. It can be English and audience should like you performing in English. It can Correct. be Tamil, audience should like you performing. That's all. There's Correct. no other divide. You should be comfortable. Then only you will make others laugh. Simple. Correct. No, I think that's really good advice because I'm, I mean, the, the thing is to cut corners. Sometimes people are like, you know what, I'm going to act like this comedian on stage, which is uh, not at all. And as you mentioned, right, the most important thing for comedy, if you're not honest and you're not comfortable in your own skin, then your audience can sense it immediately, right? And they're going to be like, you know what, this guy's a fake. Exactly. So the, yeah. the Tamil comedian called Vadivelu, you must be knowing. You told me about him. I've heard the name. I, I don't know him at all, but you mentioned his name. The yeah. Tamil movie comedian, he's a legend. Okay, right. There were about at least some 40, 50 impersonators of Vadivelu. Mm. Yeah. So people are doing his body language, the way he dresses. Nobody could sustain. Yeah. Because there can be only one Vadivelu. And I think that's an important word you mentioned, sustaining it, because uh, we, I mean, we pretty much between the two of us know 90%, 99% of the comedians in India. And I think through doing this for 11 years, we've seen the guys and girls who come and do it for the byproducts, right? Because they want the quick fix. They want the quick uh, Amazon Prime. They, I mean, sorry, Amazon Comics done, or they want the quick YouTube hits. And I mean, how many have we seen come and go, dude? <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, I know? still remember uh, one of the open mics. One guy came for the first time and uh-huh. uh, I was talking. I asked, what is the reason for your uh, doing stand? Uh, he said, I wanted a profile picture for my Tinder. Wow. So just to That's hold all. a mic. Yeah. Just to holding a mic. He took a picture. After that, he didn't come. Hmm. So people have different, different parts. Some people use stand up <laughs> as a means to go to movies. Yeah. This will be one step easier to yeah. go into movies. Some people... Yeah, so, and I think that some people use that because it's not so many people doing it. At least back then, there weren't so many people doing it that they can kind of like, you know, like the visa line, right? To apply for a student visa takes longer so they get spouse ah, visa then go to America. Exactly. So comedy became thing. the way to jump the queue, right? Perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. So 
their priorities are different so yeah. but for you and me we love stand up comedy not just yeah. comedy we love stand up comedy we love performing yeah so that is where and we, and we've tried it all i think we've done i mean i've done oh my god if i think of that it makes Bravo. me feel anxious the no no the the i wrote a sketch show uh it was the most disastrous moment on stage in my life dude like if i think back of that i start sweating like it was so embarrassing <laughs> it was oh god and i think improv was good i did that with the center stage folks uh, yeah, uh we yeah. had some good shows but my god do you remember that show um you and sal did that one that that was a miserable that was so bad but uh. i'm not talking about that i'm talking about our show where the group you formed called what the food right oh and Okay I'm going to take you the people uh through this experience it was at this <laughs> theater called Kaira um so then Praveen um no was it this which what was first what they was the improv first we did everything sir we did no no so, uh, so there was stand up so it was Sanjay uh, Praveen and I doing stand up then there was a group which had Praveen this guy called what what is his name Tristan Dustin Oh no no okay. Dustin is the Canadian guy yeah he That's... was a part of it Rajiv Matthew you had a friend who was William, acting William Marcy yes William So yeah, I think that yeah. so improv happened first um right. which was first of all the crowd was chaotic right they were talking <laughs> they were loud so um I I you know and in comedy if you go as the closer that's sort of in your head right uh, you're like wow I'm closing the show which I realized was the worst thing I could have asked for right I told Sanjay <laughs> like yeah buddy you should close the show I said cool it's awesome so the improv didn't go that well at least they were listening Sanjay comes up does stand up they listened they did okay Praveen goes up they start listening less but they're still listening <laughs> I go up on stage Two minutes into my set, they start banging the table with forks and knives. Get 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 off the fucking stage! Get off the! I'm like, oh my god! And dude, at that point, I was one of these guys, right? I want to be seen on stage. So I dressed up with nice jeans. I done up my hair, and I fell. And my wife now, my girlfriend, the Nivi. I think that was the second first show, second show she had come for, and I was so embarrassed, dude. So it's 2010 or 11, right? This was 2000, and uh, so um, this was before we started Bacchus. uh 10 uh, so must um, be then yeah no it was definitely 10 but i um i think it was maybe um just around july august we started back us in july so it was uh-huh. literally like a second or third show and i was Correct. like god <laughs> it was so miserable man if i think of that show and the show with sal right it mm. uh, if if those two were my only memories of comedy i should probably quit <laughs> it was so bad <laughs> no basically we didn't have any godfather for us to guide yeah. okay saying do stand up first and then do improv nobody was there to tell us we actually learned a lot uh, this not to our toot own. our own horns but i think uh, we, i mean i i had some frame of uh, context when it came to i want to uh, i'm inspired by the likes of robin williams dave chapel and i th- i think for you we then sanjay and i introduced you to these american comedians to watch right but i think for you it was i think your sort of inspiration was papa cj right correct he uh, yeah. uh, and virdas are the only two people i was looking up to until now mm. i both i love both of them right for being a great human being and also a great comedian so absolutely yeah for I, you they I, really i never saw anybody else uh, that time i never knew there was someone called russell peters till you guys told me about it mm so after that i started watching his videos and and after that uh, yeah he, since because he was indian i was able to relate to but other than that i was not able to relate to any of them but you still found him funny in some places yeah right? yeah i i i yeah definitely And I think that that's so important to highlight, bro. Like, I come from a very different way of thinking. Um, in the sense, my my hopes and dreams are um, 
you know, not all, all, all the time similar. And Sanjay's is very different. Yours is very different. But still, we got along so well, even though we're three different, very different worlds. Like, we come from, I mean, not different worlds, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I think, but the fundamentals that we value, family, we value honesty, we value um, good jokes. I think those <laughs> things, I think good, it's good for people to realize that you don't have to be so similar when it comes to... Um, I mean, the reason I bring it up is in today's day and age where people are fighting over gender, fighting over po political identity. There's so, sort of when the internet is filled with that, right? Like where if you're not BJP, I hate you. If you're not uh, gay, I hate... Like all these things being thrown around. I think it's important to highlight the fact that our friendship and that I include Sanjay in this is that it doesn't need to be outwardly uh, similar people being together, but the fundamentals that bring us together, you know? Definitely, definitely. Yes. We both didn't want to cheat anybody. We both, all three of us were learning. All three of yeah. us were new to this. We we all learned together. We made mistakes, a lot of mistakes. Yeah, we of met with so many new people. Some of them were good. Some of them were horrible. Some of them wanted to cheat us. And we yeah. went through a lot. And because of that is also one of the reasons. Because we were going through it all together. Yeah. Good things, bad things, everything. We were going together. That also made our bond stronger. Man, absolutely. I think... One thing, um, and, and we made fun of each other. That's one thing to important uh, highlight as an important thing is it's not like we've been saints, right? We've kind of had mistakes and regrets. But the thing is, this particular thing is what got me through a lot of uh, times in stand-up when, you know, how it became, right? With um, seeing people who are um, newer to comedy succeed before you kind of thing. Uh, but we had each other's calls to look forward to and um, get us through those times. I think... Um, whether it be the move for you to go into, say, OML or whether it's um, move to Tamil or it's my kind of decision to do radio or whatever it may be, which were kind of scary decisions. I think having uh, someone, you know, have your back was so important. And I think that's what people don't realize now is they are more successful than us. They're more popular than us, but they don't have this friendship with uh, mm. someone in this business who can look out for them because they're so scared that everyone is out to get them and sort of take their fame away. Correct. And three of us almost quit our jobs. Almost the same. You quit first and then Sanjay and... I didn't really have a job, so I could quit easily. <laughs> <laughs> See, because you had a family to look out for. Right? Yeah, you yeah, had a kid yeah, and yeah. a wife and yeah, I didn't have yeah. those commitments. So I could do it easily, um, much more easily. Uh, so I did it first, you did it second. Uh, and then Sanjay, Sanjay and I did it together. And uh, see, right. that risk also we took together. So yeah. what I'm saying is everything we did together. For the first yeah. few years, we were always together. We were doing new venues. We were doing new kind of shows. We kind of wrote together. We uh, sustained yeah. together. We learned a lot of things together. Then we yeah. branched out to our own uh, target audience, different kind of uh, stand-up. But ultimately, whatever learned, whatever basics we learned at the beginning of our career is still helping us go mm. with whatever we are facing. Like we performed for one audience open mic. That is still happening now also. But yeah. still, <laughs> I'm saying that those kind of things cannot forget. And uh, that is one of the reasons why we are uh, still great friends. Yeah, and you say that you said you, you, you giggled a little bit when you said the one audience <laughs> member shows. I mean, I, I don't think that's funny, dude. I still have one audience member shows. I don't... So still we are doing. Still we are <laughs> that's... Doing. that's what I'm saying. That kind of helped us. Saying, okay, yeah. nothing bad. We can still make that person yeah. laugh. So that and I think Sanjay gave us some very important sensible points I think because he was um, I mean the weird thing about Sanjay is he gave us a lot of sensible points but he didn't follow the same points <laughs> <laughs> See, that is how we bitch against each other yeah and I think he'll, I'm sure he'll watch this 
Yeah, yeah. But um, sure. we'll make sure he watches. Yeah, we'll cut out this part and send it to him, especially. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I sense this man because the thing is, um, you know, I wanted to get you on this not for just your achievements, which is which is a lot, by the way, guys. I, I mean, I'm sure you've heard Praveen's name in the context of comedy, uh, especially um, if you've been following comedy, you've heard Praveen's name. But it's your spirit to try out new things, man. Like you, um, of course, your material, as you said, you're very clear on who your audience is, but. the fact that you are willing to go to countries where you know you don't you're not i mean you're fluent with the language but you go and i think that that small town move to a big town was that sort of um, that that resilience that it built in you when it comes to i'm going to do this and be myself wherever in the world i, I really sort of uh, salute that spirit of yours so what what are some of the things that go through your mind when you're taking such decisions whether it's to move to a new city whether it's to do an international tour so for people you know i think it is really inspiring to hear it so if you could talk about that that would be great first things first uh, first i need to sell out that show <laughs> that show has to sell out that's the major uh, worry yeah. about but other than that uh, see it's a new place that excitement is there okay so going to be a new place we're going to see new people we're going to new uh, we're going to see sightseeing and all that so excitement mm. is more and uh, i'm not a kind of person who will go directly and talk to a stranger i'm not uh, that extrovert but right. there will be people who are organizing this their friends who mm. come and talk to me i talk to them very nicely i'm not i won't go to a random stranger in a bar in a restaurant saying hey how are you i won't do that but right. if someone comes and talks to me i'll talk to them nicely like in a right. in a flight journey also when mm. you're traveling about uh, 18 hours in a flight to us uh, invariably yeah. there will be some conversation that will start uh, with a person sitting next to you but yeah. i don't start yeah. that unfortunately uh, i don't start the but if that person starts i'll play along like i'll uh, yeah yeah so uh, there's no i don't feel uh, anything le- uh, negative or anything uh, i don't know how to put it but i'll be happy to travel that's the kind of yeah. mindset number one yeah, i'll i'll not be happy only if there are a number of tickets sell- sold was less that's the yeah. only thing where where i won't be happy but other than that it, i'll be very happy see 2019 i traveled to eight countries right only that year and uh, of that hong kong first time and uh, bahrain was first time but nice. i was excited nice yeah because i had my friend in hong kong and uh, we started out lot of plans uh, seeing disney world this that and mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. i went with family also bahrain i went alone bahrain yeah. was first time i went there so going to a place first time i first thing first i would like to see how the airport is Uh, I love to see how a new country's <laughs> airport is and uh, how the restroom in the airport is. Even if yeah. I'm not uh, having the urge to go to rest, still I'll go and check out the restroom and see how oh, good, man. how neatly they manage. Don't talk about restrooms. I, I'll tell you a story. This is the most embarrassing thing besides my sketch show. <laughs> <laughs> I used this toilet, so I needed to really go. It was between uh, flights, so I had a layover in Heathrow Airport. So I was coming from the US, yeah. coming back home. Uh-huh. and all the toilets were taken right and you know how it is when you eat airline food you need to go mm. and the only thing available was the stall with disability for uh, wheelchair people mm. and uh, of course i didn't have a cane back then so i didn't look like a person uh, i mean uh, okay. yeah i mean i technically i'm qualified to use it but i didn't uh-huh. look like someone who was qualified to use it uh-huh. so, and i um i think this is one of the times i can confidently say i destroyed <laughs> okay i oh. destroyed so hard and then I got up and I was so proud of myself going whoof okay the next the next leg of this flight can be comfortably spent not worrying about toilet and man then I go to flush and the flush is not working oh oh man it I I don't know what happened it just jammed 
And I was like, shit, what do I do? And oh, then oh, I oh. opened the toilet and there's a guy in a wheelchair waiting to use it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> I felt so bad, dude. I felt... And, I mean, the, so what did you do? You put uh, tissue papers on top of it, covered I, it. I don't know, dude. I did, I kind of I think it's so traumatic for both of us, that guy and me, that I think we wiped that memory out of our head. Till then, I remember <laughs> till the post that I don't. Uh, oh, I still bad. remember Rona. Uh, where like Bangalore, we regularly do open mics. I Urban don't want to tell the name. No, not that, but uh, oh. one more place where the flesh won't work properly. Right. Whenever I go there, it will be something or the other, and it will be like so embarrassing. But then, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. It's it's, no, it's it's amazing. I I it's um something that you mentioned, right? Like um. I, I hear this sometimes when people are like, oh, comedians, you know, on stage, you guys are so funny. Off stage, you guys have, are depressed and unhappy. And I don't know if there's one particular, you know, or two particular or three particular traits that define a comedian or can sort of go into the ingredients to become a comedian. But I, you know, looking at you and I mean, the people I call friends in comedy, I, I don't see that anti sort of um, that recluse in them because I see some people pretending to be reckless they're like oh man you know I, I, I just like being a, a loner and it's all it's all an act right <laughs> but I, I noticed that what you just said I love I love people like it, I love talking my wife Nivi is like can you shut up sometimes you talk too much and I do that and um, do you think it's important for people who are right on listening and who might be aspiring comedians to be more people people uh, like pers- uh, people's I don't know the word to be more um social to be more outward with people to be friendly or do you have to be this person who kind of internalizes everything who's a loner so what has your experiences taught you so basically uh, you cannot change your personality so if you mm. like to talk you talk yeah. if you don't you don't but if you are doing stand up better to talk because you get material yeah right you get material with so many different kind of people around you once you talk they will only give you material yeah, absolutely. If you, if you are a comedian, if you want material, talk to people, go out and talk. But even if you are still feeling shy to talk, at least have the power of overhearing. Right. Talk, at I, least I, behind I, yeah. your uh, <laughs> flight or in the movie theater, or yeah. train or the bus. Once you start overhearing people, you know, they'll yeah. give you tons and tons of uh, material. So if you're yeah. a comedian, if you can talk, Listen, that's nothing yeah. like that. If yeah. not, just overhear. No, the eavesdropping is such a big thing, man. People ask me, how do you make these observational jokes? Um, and I can't see the things that you see and you make fun of. But eavesdropping or overhearing is such a big thing because in a way, that's itself a sense of observation, right? You're observing how people interact, how people behave. Mm-hmm. And that for me was a big blow in the lockdown because I couldn't meet people. I couldn't overhear things that happened in society and things that people would say, things that people would uh, talk about that upset them or that would excite them. Like, uh, what what did you do uh, for uh, material during the lockdown and which you're going to put in this show? Like, is it stuff from the past or uh, did you intentionally and consciously go out to observe things? No, um, my mantra is live your life. Material will happen. For mm. example, I, I made the decision of moving from Bangalore to Chennai because I started performing in Tamil. Yeah. That itself is a material because right. I, I moved in huge uh, corona breakdown was happening in uh, 2003, right. June, when there was a lockdown. There was a gap of just four days relaxation. You moved between the, the, the lockdown and uh, this thing, right? The, the I mean, you moved between lockdowns, right? Yeah, but four days gap between May 31st and June 4th. 
there was a gap last That's year crazy. 2020 and, and chennai was in bad shape right chennai was even more strict than bangalore at that point chennai had more cases than bangalore that time yeah, yeah. and uh, we didn't get people to take things from the uh, tempo or from the uh, truck to the house so we had oh. hire our own people right uh, my father in law's office people he sent five of them so mm. those people carried and my apartment were very very strict they were like uh, you should wear gloves you should uh, disinfect them. if they wear gloves the items are slipping from their hand uh, right. so they had to wear this winter gloves in oh, chennai wow. june <laughs> <laughs> dude that itself is it's just irony right you see exactly. these guys wearing uh i mean that's something which is a kind of a joke associated with chennai right like people in chennai come to bangalore in summer they wear a, a monkey cap so yeah, exactly. this is actually hilarious that they actually have to wear gloves <laughs> that uh, woolen gloves they had to wear to carry stuff because that uh, normal gloves are not working so mm. the apartment secretary was very very strict in the sense uh, first of all he didn't allow us to move right but i had to vacate from bangalore so a lot of things were happening and ultimately got permission we had to disinfect the entire floor the all the entire lift and the entire house before we moved in well, before we brought the items in. so tons and tons of materials getting a broadband connection was difficult that time mm. the telephone connection then getting the tv installed everything was taking time nothing was going because nobody was working at full strength that time mm-hmm. so that itself is a huge material so i can write one show because there's so many incident that happened so basically right. live your life so do you Don't document these or do you, it just comes back to you if i start thinking about it it will come back i just have to add masala to it add ah, truth okay. as a crux and then <laughs> uh, put masala around it and make it funny but basically nice. live your life definitely see only things you have to notice things with a comic eye they got you are stuck mm-hmm. in a traffic jam yeah. if you are just closing your eyes and relaxing nothing will happen observe see around what is happening see mm-hmm. next then see the next car what is happening there will be a fight see the see the beggar who is making the kind of uh, act he does so so many yeah. people around us during a traffic jam do you do what if sometimes people? besides just observing like okay there's a guy um selling balloons to a guy on a bike nothing happens but do you take that saying okay now maybe the balloon bursts maybe the bike guy falls do you do that so oh, that no, stand up no not that okay not okay that. i started moving towards storytelling now yeah so yeah. earlier i was earlier uh, i write the crux like a typical comedy bible thing from judy carter right. i write the premise and i write all the questions why who when and all that and then mm-hmm. what if so many things to come up with a joke now i moved slowly to i'm more comfortable telling a story that happened in my life because yeah. that has actually happened i don't have right. to hunt for premises like mm-hmm. that has yeah. actually happened all I, i all i have to do is put it in a presentable format make it a uh, little more uh, uh, funny and uh, put some masala around it to make it sound uh, natural relatable nice. and present it so that's yeah, what the, that's my current current currently uh, exactly the current show which i am touring with is entirely about my marriage whatever happened during my wedding the ceremony was, the actual ceremony yeah Right. not bachelor ceremony Bef- uh, till the time i entered the marriage hall till that time i tied the mangal sutra so okay that's what that's what i mean just just that 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 particular window of uh, the wedding uh, pre wedding until the ceremony right exactly so the reception right. happened the previous day the till the next day mangal sutra so whatever happened in my wedding mm-hmm. that is whatever happened in 24 hours i did a show so basically mm-hmm. i am comfortable telling a story what happened right so that audience also started uh, liking that format from me so that is the balance which i am trying to do 
that's really, I mean, that's given me, you know, I think a nice insight into how you approach it, even though I know you so well. So um, what is your uh, outlook on this going forward? What's number one next for you? And what do you see happening with um, the worlds of online and the world of live and all these things coming together? Because a lot of the things that we knew as a comedy um circuit has changed like the one club we used to all love going to the comedy store which became the uh, laugh factory or the canvas laugh club closed down then the clubs or so-called comedy venues in bangalore are reeling now because the bars that they are in are reeling from the lack of business so what do you have uh, project what do you project and what do you kind of hope for in the comedy scene coming up comedy scene i hope uh, we don't have to do online shows anymore that is still painful <laughs> yeah. that's the only hope but uh, yeah. live shows are slowly starting and I hope uh, we get to do uh, shows like how we were doing 2019 or before that. Mm -hmm. And it was going to take time because uh, right now we started with 40, 50 seaters now. Slowly yeah. it has to move to 200 seater, then 1000 seaters and all that. So it's going right. to take a lot of time. But if we are moving in that direction before third wave comes, or mm. third wave shouldn't come, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, <laughs> yeah. it's hopefully. to grow because uh, during lockdown, so many things have changed. Right. The sense a uh, lot of things have changed. People started watching so many things sitting mm. at home. They started watching stand-up specials. They yeah. started watching other comedy shows around it. So now they know more comedians. A lot of comedians mm. they know. Plus, they were sitting at home. Right. So, uh, number one, they know the comedian. And they have to go out once the world becomes normal. Yeah. So, both of them should work in our favor is my hope. So right. if they know me, my uh, previous special, Mr. Family Man, got released in Prime Video last May. That right. is during peak lockdown. So okay. because a lot of people watched it because they're sitting at home. Now they know me. Now mm. if I put out a show properly after uh, the world becomes normal, yeah. and if they want to go out, they should be able to relate. Okay, I've seen him in Mr. Family Man. Let me go watch it live. Excellent. So, so Excellent. that is the yeah. hope. That is the expectation i have now once the world opens up man that's amazing and i think this conversation for me has been eye-opening even though as i said we speak so often and i know you so well uh thanks for sharing everything that you have about your life and your perspective and what got you here so um if i, I don't i usually don't leave a message for the listener but if you would have to say a thing a point or two uh to someone listening right now who's a wants to get into stand-up or is a stand-up struggling uh, or a stand-up who's got confused ideas on what it involves, what would you say to them? Okay, uh, perspective of stand-up, number one is be yourself. Mm -hmm. Always be yourself. Don't try to imitate others. It's not going to work. Even if it works for one or two shows, it won't work in the long run. Mm -hmm. Number two is don't expect anything for the first few years. Mm -hmm. Money, fame, nothing. Just keep working, keep attending open mics as much as possible. That's the only way to improve. No other... Don't take anybody's guidance. Don't take anybody's uh, mentorship. Learn, fail, learn, uh, record your set, listen to it, mm -hmm. understand where you went wrong, get better. Always compare yourself with yourself. Uh, you should have performed at least 2% uh, better than your previous time, every time right. you perform. So that the kind of scale you should have for yourself. And, uh, and if you are not, even after so many years of uh, doing stand-up and if you're not getting uh, enough recognition or fame, don't lose hope. Definitely, mm -hmm. there will be something. If you lose hope, you're not going to get it. 
so don't lose hope continue doing what you are doing you know if you know you are good at it definitely will get reward some people some people uh, videos will get viral in the first video itself some people yeah. will get their video viral on 20th video some people 100th video but it will go viral irrespective of uh, how the video or how you are working hard so basically mm. all you have to do is work hard continue working hard and uh, there will be reward if you are at it yeah i think one more point i'll add to that is don't expect exponential growth and don't feel entitled that you deserve it ah uh, don't feel entitled is a very 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 important part don't don't have ego for example yeah. if you are doing it for 10 years okay yeah. yesterday i heard a story which i'll tell you offline but uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, this is a great story guys don't you wish you pravin kumar <laughs> So basically, oh, if you're man, doing this, we bitch like years. housewives sometimes, you know, like <laughs> what, what is it? There was fisher women, right? Like, uh, like uh, there's people sitting by the river talking. And Praveen and I sometimes, and Navi's like, "Who are you talking to?" I'm like, Praveen. She's like, "You sound like two old women catching up about some story that happened at a wedding where someone." And that's, that's exactly what we sound like. Uh, like, like literally, I'm like, mm, "Tell me the story." <laughs> Yesterday only heard that. I'll tell you. But tell me, uh, tell me. If you're if you're uh, if you're doing it for ten years or so, and if you are putting the line up with uh, new comedian don't have any ego just perform i perform think that's so that. important sanjay has taught us that yeah. uh, i learned a lot from that from sanjay sanjay i think don't have ego so if if uh, somebody who's junior to you much junior to you is closing yeah. the show if you're okay actually it's okay correct uh, your job is to go and perform and come you should keep your audience happy whether you are performing for 3 minutes 10 minutes 30 minutes if you're performing your, your well. opening yeah. uh, you are opening or closing anything for that matter correct do your bit the audience they have to enjoy a bit don't have any other ego around that's a huge message that i should tell the comedy yeah i mean something we've all done so we've learned the hard way yeah. and again one is one of those nuggets of wisdom from sanjay which um he didn't follow <laughs> <laughs> but no man i think we need to get him on a three way episode nah, once it'll be really good fun but uh praveen if they want to follow you i'm sure people a lot of people already follow you but if they want to find your work online can you just drop your handles i'll put in the description as well yeah it's uh, at the rate comedian praveen in instagram mm-hmm. and comedy underscore praveen in twitter and twitter comedian okay. praveen kumar in facebook lovely and your specials are on youtube you, as you mentioned it's on amazon prime that's the most recent one but uh you are putting out stuff regularly from uh, your youtube channel which is also your name right praveen Com- comedian praveen kumar praveen kumar yes excellent guys go ahead follow praveen he's a gem of a human being and he's a great friend and i'm you know extremely proud and uh, lucky to consider you one of my closest friends thank you brother i appreciate you coming on the episode thank you very much for having me in your episode it was fun it was like uh, not like an episode it was like usually talk on the phone we are we're doing a zoom call that's the like yeah <laughs> I tend to talk too much, so I I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you had added uh, Sanjay into this. Oh, you, good even lord! You wouldn't have got a chance. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It has just been a three-way roast. <laughs> But uh, once again, Praveen, thank you, and uh, I hope to see you soon, meet you soon, and uh, catch up in person. Yes, sure. Same here, sir. All the best for your podcast. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it, and of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me 
and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.